You may be seated. I just made my second mistake in 82 years. I was leaving a little while ago, and there's a man waiting to greet me. I hugged his neck and I said, Mike, how in the world are you doing? It wasn't Mike Landers. It was Dan Burge. I didn't know about it till after the service was over. I saw his wife in the back. I called him and I left a note. I said, look, you'll reach, uh, 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 I left a message. You'll reach my age someday. You'll forget also. But I love you so much, and I bet you, you I could get about 10, 12 men that will call him today and said, Larry was almost crying telling us he f forgot your name. Would you do it? Would you do it? If not, I'm going to come back and preach on lying. I love you so much. You're one of the easiest churches to preach to. I'll be glad when we're five or six services a day in place of just two. I like to preach to good people. But God understands when you reach a certain age, you don't think quite as fast. A couple of weeks ago, I left Tustapec, Oaxaca, driving to Veracruz, catch my plane. Early in the morning, we stopped at a service station to have fuel put in a vehicle. There's a lady that was putting the fuel in, in the vehicles. She looked at me. And come a running to me, are, are you so-and-so? I didn't understand what she was talking about. I said, yes. Oh, Lord. She grabbed my hand. She must have thought I was somebody very famous. And she shook my hand, had the privilege of shaking my hand. I just don't want to ever stop at that same station again because I am not who she thought I was. So someday we all make mistakes. Good to be with you. You've been such a blessing to the people of Mexico. You've sent so many people down. You've sent so much money down. And you've done it for so long. You realize I was almost black-headed, black-haired when I came here the first time. But you were not here, just a bunch of hippies for the first time I came. They invited me, not to pastor. Hippies inviting me to come preach in their church. Thank God. God, for the patience of your wonderful pastor, he allowed me to preach. And he made me a promise. I am going to support you for six months. I don't. 
I was a little hippie then too. That was about 27 years ago. And it never, that well never has dried up. Thank you for all that you have done, Pastor. Thank that wonderful wife of yours when she gets back from California, hopefully with good news for her mother. Thank her. Thank all of you who have done your part. This is Christmas. It's a, it's a great time of the year, one of the greatest times of the year. I'm going to do my best to challenge you to really get down into who you are and to challenge you to appreciate so much the God that we serve, our Lord, our Savior, our Jesus Christ. I want you this to be the greatest, most memorable Christmas of your life. I want you to thank God for everything that he has done for you. Like the, the uh, brother said, <clears throat> this is not about gifts and all of that. It's about the celebration of who he is, our Lord, our Savior, our God. So I pray the message will challenge you. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 12. I said in my morning message, I have a bunch of titles for this message. At 5 o'clock this morning, I was wide awake. Over and over and over, rolling over in my mind, was different scriptures from different parts of the Bible that fits into this sermon today. So I have two titles, but I may add a third or fourth one before I'm through preaching this morning. I want you to be blessed and challenged for this Christmas. Verse 41, chapter 12, book of Marth, Mark. Jesus had been teaching. That's all he did all the time was just taught, 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 taught. And he sat down opposite the treasury, and he began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. I know that Pastor John does that when the offering plates go by. No, he never does, but Jesus did. He sat down and he observed as they were giving their offerings. And he said, and many rich people were putting in large sums. I want you to know that he did not condemn the rich. Not one moment did Christ ever condemn the rich. He did talk about it being very difficult for the rich to make it into heaven because they put what they had before they put who he was in front of them. Now, this is what he said. And many rich people were putting in large sums. I thank God for the rich. Let me, let me be honest with you. I have no limitations on preaching today, time-wise. I want to see how honest you are. How many of you are well off? You're rich. Well, the rest of them don't know about it. 
we're wealthy. I am the most blessed preacher you've ever had in your congregation. I know who I am, and I know who gave me what I have. You say you're a lucky one. Yep, I'm real lucky. Had two back surgeries. Had both knees operated on. Had a stroke. Limping when I walk. But I've always got somebody to hold my hand and lead me up the steps. I have no needs. I have every need that I, I have. Every need that I have in life, it's already been met. It's like my sins. He has already forgiven all of it. I have no needs. And many of you are the same way. So we need to lift up our hands and say, oh, God, thank you this Christmas. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And look around and see who we might be able to bless at this Christmas. I said this morning, Mike was talking about how, how they reach out to the poor, the needy. And I picture that in my mind, how that they go to those poor areas of the town. And it doesn't matter the color. It doesn't matter. I, I said this morning, I can see Mike as he puts his arms around a little white boy and squeezes him real close and tells him that Jesus loves you. But I can see him put his arms around a little black boy, pull him right up and squeeze him just as hard and tell him how Jesus loves you. Black, white, it doesn't matter. This church reaches out to the poor, reaches out. This church is Christ-minded. Are you with me? Well, you, you, you're, you're sleeping. Some of you are. Now, the little widow, he saw the widow put in two coins. Two little old coins, but the scripture says it was all that she had. Everything that she owned, she gave it, put it in the treasury. And Jesus turned to his disciples and to those that were watching him. And he said, let me tell you something. This widow woman gave more than any of the rest of them. God loves the rich. God loves the poor. And there is no difference in the depth of his love for those who put him first in their lives. I want you to think about how good God's been to you. I want you to, across this audience, wish we had time for testimonies. Because I guarantee you in this congregation, churches are practically filled up. I guarantee you there would be one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other that would be able to share great stories of what God has done for you. I want you to look me eye to eye and tell me how good God has been to you. How many times has he lifted you up and taken you through the storm of life? 
How many times when you felt like there was no way he made a way? How many times did he come on the scene? Even before you asked him, he was there ready to help you. How many times, congregation, from the front to the back, how many times has God blessed you? Don't you think it's time for you to bless his name? Don't you think it's time for you to express your appreciation? I have the two titles. One is the widow's might. And the second one is don't offer God your leftovers. You give him your best. Think about it. So oftentimes, we want to give, but we want to give to something that is totally worthless to us. I'd like to take you to my home, let you look at my wife's closet. That's the truth. It is so full, I say, give it away. Oh, but, but, but. Sometimes I think she's tongue-tied a little bit. She's going to get that motor started one day, but, 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 she, she knows she'll never use it, but she wants to hold on to it. Amen, Mary Lou? <laughs> Amen, you? And when it comes time to give, so many of us give God something that we no longer need. And we say, oh, Lord, you take it. I've had it about five years and never have used it. God did not send you his leftover. Multitudes of angels he created. He could have chosen any one of those angels and sent that angel down and that angel could have died on a cross as well. But that wasn't the best. The best that God had, the best that God had was his only begotten son that he loved so dearly. And he loved Texarkana so dearly that he sent that best gift to you. So why, how dare you not offer your best to him? when he gave you his very best. I want to read a scripture to you while I'm, maybe that's another title. I want to talk to you just a second about being wealthy. Now, a few of you will raise your hand, but financially, how many of you are pretty well fixed in life? I want to see your hand. Good. Let me read a scripture to you. Chapter 12 of the book of Luke 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother, divide the family inheritance with me. Probably the brother was the executor of the will. He was probably wanting to hold on to most of it himself. And so the man said to Jesus, please talk to my brother and have him give me part of that inheritance. Jesus said to him, man, 
Who appointed me a judge and an arbitrator over you? Then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. Be careful. Be careful. Everything that you trust in outside of God can be lost in a day. Put it in the stock market. It'll, it'll, it'll gain, it'll gain, it'll gain. But whoops, uh, what about when 50% of it's gone, like in 87? Do not. Your, what, your, what you possess, that doesn't make you spiritually who you are with God. Let me give you another little example. Since I have three hours, and then the pastor's going to talk to you after that. Bible said there was a rich man, owned a lot of land, great farmer. I can imagine back in those days there were John Deere tractors in my mind. And he planted, and he had a tremendous harvest. An abundant harvest. He had a lot of land. He did real well. Had no place to put his grain and all of that he had harvested. And he said, this is what I'll do. I'll give it to Church on the Rock in Texarkana. I'll buy that goose. That's not a duck. That's a goose. That's why they call it Gander Mountain. Amen? Amen. <laughs> <coughs> Now that we've got that lesson over with, <laughs> Jesus is not the only teacher in the house. But he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to give to that project you have, Pastor. I'm not going to give to that. I'm going to tear my barns that are filled to the brim down. And I'm going to build bigger ones. And store more stuff. Then I'm going to say to my soul, soul, just take it easy. Live forever. Let's bounce on roulet in French. Let the good times roll. And God said, this, you fool. He called him a fool. You fool. This night you're going to die. And you're going to leave everything behind. Do not look at the wealth that you have and think that that's your security in life. Your only security is in the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Savior, the one we celebrate this Christmas. Thank God for what God gave. Don't offer him your trash. Don't offer him your leftovers. Telling the congregation this morning, Bible teaches that we need to be men after God's own heart. I try to be that. So I was pastoring in Emory, big city down not too far from you. And a deacon had a, form, had a, a, a big watermelon crop. Being a good pastor, I worked with him. 
we would throw those watermelons up to the gown at the top. He'd catch them and lay them in there. Only the choices. Every once in a while we found a cull, threw it out on the, on, the, on the one side. Only the best. So when we finished loading that truck, I said, uh, I want a watermelon. Well, sure, get you a cull. They taste as good as the first class. I don't do culls. I climbed up to the top of that truck. I picked the biggest, most beautiful watermelon I could, I could find. I took it in my house and I ate it. Well, that's, that's what God's saying. If you're going to give him something, don't give him your cull. He never gave you his culls. He never gave you his cull. He gave you the best that he had. Not only did he give you that, he continues to give you time and time and time and time and time again. He continues to bless you with his best. Can I go a little bit further? I'm going to give you about three or four examples from the Bible. Scripture says that there was a woman caught in the very act of adultery. Shame on her. Shame on a lot of things that happen in life that we're not even able to control in life. But they brought her to Jesus and they had scripture to back up what they were saying. They threw her down in the, in the middle of the court. And they had rocks, stones in their hands. And they were about to stone that young lady, perhaps, I don't know how, how, how old she was, but I do know that they were about to kill her. Put yourself in that lady's place. They said to Jesus, Moses said, the law says, we ought to kill her. We ought to stone her. Now, she's lying there on the ground hearing them quote the Old Testament. Knowing that at any moment the stones were going to rip her body apart. Knowing that they were going to be breaking bones in her body. Knowing that her body would bleed and hurt and a lot of pain in it. All of that going through her mind. And Jesus stooped down and wrote in the ground. And he stood up. I think he looked at every one of those scribes and Pharisees eye to eye. And I think he said, first one of you that does not have sin in your life, you cast the first stone. And then he knelt back down. And one by one, they left, beginning with the oldest. Not a one threw a stone. But that's not the part of the story I want you to remember. I want you to remember when Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What a Christmas present. What a Christmas present she had just received. They had condemned her. They were ready to serve the sentence. Die. I ask you one question. How 
could that woman ever dare offer God her leftover? How could she ever offer God her trash? I think from that moment on, she gave God the best that she had. Then why do you, why do you offer God your leftovers? Why this Christmas will you dare offer God anything but your best? Because he's also blessed your life like he did that woman in that moment. Let's go a little bit further. Bible said Jesus was going from village to village to village preaching. And with him was his, his disciples. And with him were a lot of women supporting the ministry, the ministry from their own personal means. They were giving to the ministry of the disciples and Jesus as they went from city to city. Joanna, Susanna, Mary Magdalene, all had an experience with Christ. Mary Magdalene had seven demons cast out of her life. I see right now I have the attention of every single person in this building right now, Pastor, everyone. Seven demons living in Mary Magdalene. Do you know the damage that one demon can do? One. Father, a father brought his boy to the disciples, said, my son is a lunatic. He's crazy. He throws himself in the fire. He throws himself in the water. I'm concerned he's going to be burned. Or he's going to hurt himself. He's going to drown. Can you help me? And the disciples couldn't do it. So they brought him to Jesus. And Jesus cast out that one demon that was in that boy's life. How could that father dare offer God anything but his best? You understand me? You understand me? Well, Mary Magdalene had seven of those demons. Remember the story of the man of Gadara, the Gadarean? Jesus goes to this place, Gadara, and a man comes running out, filled with demons. He lived wild man, cutting his, stone, his body with stone, bleeding horribly, horrible-looking uh, specimen of humanity. They would tie him up with chains. He would break those chains like he was a twice as strong as Superman. And Jesus, they cried out and said, what are we going to do? What do we have to do with you? Jesus said, what's your name? It wasn't one. They said demon. They said legions. We are legions of demons living in this poor man. And Jesus cast out that legions of, de of demons. The man was found sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his proper mind. How could he ever offer God his trash? 
Do you understand? Don't offer God junk. Offer him the best. I marvel at your daughter, Bethany. Mason, I think, is her husband. Mason and his wife are in Africa. I'm sure they long for their, their, their parents. I know their parents long for them. But they didn't wait until they were 80 years old to offer God their best. While they're young, strong, able, they give, they're giving God the very best that they have to offer him. Don't wait until you're an old man, an old woman. I've heard this so many times. People come up to me and say, oh, Brother Larry, enjoy that. You know what? God called me a long time ago when I was a young person to go to the mission field, and I didn't do it. Well, shame on you. I've had that over and over and over and over again. Don't wait until you're having somebody help you up the steps so you don't fall. Give him your best. Give him your youth. Young people, give him your life. Give him the best that you have. Offer that to God. Don't wait until you're crippled and, 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 and old. Give him your best. Let me go on about another 45 minutes or so. I will give you an example of someone who, who was tremendously blessed of God. I told you I've had some physical problems. In Spanish, pan comido. That's just a piece of cake. God has been so good to me. 1720, my great-great-great-great-grandfather left France. Sailed to the U.S., settled in South Louisiana. 298 years ago, two years from now, we will celebrate 300 years as a family. I am the oldest male to ever live. In 300 years of this family, no one has ever reached my age. In 300 years, no one has reached my age. Do you think for a split second I would dare to offer God my leftovers? For 40 years, I've given him my best. For 60-some years, I've given God my best. Because he gave me his best. I was 17. I think I might order clothes before I get too far down in this. I was 17. I went into the military. Three days after I got out of high school. 52 Cajun. 52 from South Louisiana joined the same day. We went to San Antonio for basic training. From there we went to Wichita Falls Tech School. All of us, you ought to have heard the people trying to pronounce those names. 
the Bodiac. No, sir, it's Tipido. Hebert, no, it's Abear. We had all of those Cajun names, and they mispronounced every one. You understand me? Listen to me. I don't have to ask you to look at me because every one of you, I can see you are absorbing, absorbing this message. Came time to ship us all out. My appendix burst, ruptured, the poison seeping through my body. Doctor said the only thing that's helping you, your appendix are located abnormally behind an intestine, and only a little bit is coming out at a time. While I was recovering in the hospital, 51 of my friends were shipped to Korea. When I got out of the hospital, I was shipped to Denison. Sometimes when Mary Lou and I are having our crosswords, I wonder if it might have been better had if I gone to Korea. You know I'm kidding. But how in the world could I ever dare to offer God anything less than my best? when he's watched over me so wonderfully all of my life. Would you stand with me this morning? Did you get the essence of the message? Are you going to support those little kids that Mike goes out and ministers to? Are you going to help them through Christmas? Or are you going to be selfish? And try to find the most worn out thing you have. And say, hey, Mike, see if that'll fit them. No. Take it out of your pocket. Go down and buy the best thing you can buy. And say, hey, bless them. Because this is what Jesus said. As you do it, they said, he said, you blessed me when I was hungry. You gave me food. You gave me water when I was thirsty. You clothed me when I was naked. You visited me when I was in a prison. You did all of that. And they said, when did we ever see you in any of these conditions? This is what he said. As you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. You go your way. If you want to make it through life offering God your leftovers, you do it. I don't want to. I love him so much. I love him so much, I dare never offer him anything short of my very best, Pastor. Don't, don't leave. I want you to pray over everybody. Best. Best of my time. Best of my talent. Best of my treasure. Best part of my day is when I get up in the morning, once I've gained sanity, once I'm awake. It's my best. Best of my talent. I can do a lot of things to help people advance God's kingdom because of things I've learned, because of experiences I've had in the church. There's a lot of things I can do for people that don't take my church experiences. I can help somebody on the side of the road I can give somebody something to drink when it's hot outside and they're working for the city in front of my house. 
best of my time, best of my talent, best of my treasure. My treasure is what God's put in my hand. One hand I enjoy, one hand I'm a channel of blessing. And I think you're a great example of that. You know, I, 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 I've been raised in ministry in a time of hedonism in America where both theology and practice of many Christian leaders have erred on the side of just receiving. But I, I watched Brother Larry over the years. I watched him even in our town help poor people. I watched him one time help this little boy. He had a cleft palate, and, uh, which means you know, no lip. Your gums, your teeth, are just all, you're a freak, and you're hidden, and you just are an outcast. He said, I'll help him, and he finds a surgeon, and he arranges, and pretty soon they built a hospital there. And he didn't get a cut or a percentage out of it. Now, he lives a good life. And I'm going to talk about your closet like you've talked about your wife's. I've got too much. <laughs> but be careful. I might go three services I'm going to turn today. you off. He, he, he inspires me as a father. I'm 61. My dad is in his early 80s. Last year, I'm riding around the truck with my dad, and I asked him, I said, are you proud of me? Are you proud of what I've done with my life? Because he wanted me to be a farmer with him, and, you know, my dad came to the Lord probably five, six, seven, eight years ago, and he serves the Lord today. But all of us need... Not somebody to put on a pedestal, but we need living examples that walk the way we want to walk. Married to one woman for 62 years. I've never heard anybody say Larry cheated him. I've never heard anybody say Larry broke his word to him. But I watch people just gather around him as he's just given his life to the work of the Lord. And that's what I want to do too. I'm not called to be on the mission field. I'm called to be right here with you. You're called to be where you are and do what you do. But I don't want to give God just leftovers, and I don't want to go to prayer just when I need something. I want to give him my first and my best and my time, my talent, my treasure. Because one day time will pass me by quickly, and I'll stand before him and give an account for my life. So I want you to pray over us. If you'd like to make a commitment today, I want you to just bow your head. And if you'd like to make a commitment to give God your first and your best I want you to just slip your hand to heaven and if you'd even like to add to that and just kneel where you are as an act of humility before the Lord you do that Larry's going to pray over us the rich man sat on his porch dressed in fine linen and purple ate sumptuously every single day there's a poor man out there at his gate Lazarus covered with sores, dogs licking those sores. That rich man never offered one crumb of support or help or food to that man. Lord, we don't want to be like that. We want to share. We want to share with, it, with, 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 the, with our, our city, our neighbors. We want to share with you, Father. We just want to say thank you. Thank you, my Lord. And Father, even the greatest thing of all, if there's one person here that has not really surrendered their life to you, Christ, I pray that this Christmas day, after this message, they will say, Lord, I will give you my all in all, not just my best. 
I will give you my all. Strengthen that person to believe Christ, your word. Bless, Lord. Give us all a great Christmas. Take care of Linnell's mother, Lord, and those that are standing with her. We love you. We love you. Father, you don't owe us anything today. You paid us way more, Lord, than we're worthy of receiving. That's how good you are. So, Lord, bless the church in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give me a big hand. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming.